Welcome to the Exitable Business Podcast. This show is made with one purpose, to help you prepare your business for a quick and highly profitable exit, where we deliver you proven strategies and expert interviews on how to maximize the value and attractiveness of your company, all while improving your work-life balance. And now, here is your host, highly sought-after business coach and certified exit planning advisor, Patrick Rogers. Welcome to the Exitable Business Podcast, where we create enterprise value all of the time, not just when it's time to sell. Uh, this is your host, Patrick Rogers. And today we have the privilege of having Peter Zaitsev on the show. Peter is the CEO and co-founder of Percona. Uh, welcome to the show, Peter. Welcome. Uh, glad to be here. Yeah. Awesome. Well, so, so a little bit about Peter. P- Peter co-founded Percona. And uh, is one of the foremost experts on MySQL strategy and optimization. Peter leveraged both his technical vision and entrepreneurial skills to grow Percona from a two-person shop to one of the most respected and open source companies in the business today. They have over 300 professionals and 30 plus companies. Peter's venture now serves over 3,500 customers, including the who's who of the internet giants, large enterprises, and many super exciting startups. Percona, um, Percona was also named to the Inc. 5000 in 2013, 14, 15, and 16. Uh, again, Peter, awesome to have you on the show. I know we're going to have just a ton to dive into. Before we get into all the good stuff, uh, you know, a little bit icebreaker. If you could share with the audience, what's one interesting fact about yourself that, you know, maybe not many people know? Uh, yeah, well, uh, first... Uh... Thanks for the intro. You're uh, you're so uh, you're so kind. Yeah, you bet. Uh, yes. Well, uh, I think uh, let me maybe uh, share there uh, the, the personal uh, stuff, right? So I obviously is a technologist and a, a businessman, uh, but I also uh, like uh, endurance sports, like an uh, ultra running. So you know, fifty oh. miles run. That's uh, the longest one I've. Uh, uh, done so far, but you know, wow, wow, that's that's insane. The lo- you've got me by a bit. The longest run I've ever done is I did a half marathon once and I ended up fracturing my foot and <laughs> didn't know it for like three hours until my adrenaline kind of came down. Wow, yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah, that's uh, uh, adrenaline can do uh, a lot, right? magic things, right? You know, uh-huh. so 50 miles. So, dude, so how long, you know, we'll get to the business stuff. How long do you have to train for a 50 mile run? I think it's kind of, uh, it's, uh, it's gradual process, right? I think it's like a, a marathon and then a little bit, uh, a little bit more than that. Uh, uh, yeah. It, insane. Yeah. I, I may, I don't even, you know, I don't even want to have that goal. I don't have that goal. I'm never <laughs> <laughs> we're gonna run 50 miles. Well, uh, me neither. But you know what? Uh, you know, a couple of uh, <laughs> years ago, right? Maybe three years ago, I just get an itch. Maybe you know, as you uh, get uh, in your 40s, you can say, "Oh my gosh!" You know, you cannot just uh, sit out there, you know, like a code over days, and uh-huh. still be in a you know good shape. You know, my yeah, yeah. belly started growing, and say, no, uh- <laughs> we are not going there. It's time so. to get this stuff conquered. All right, uh, cool. start awesome. to yeah, yeah. Cool. Well, hey, uh, Peter, if you would, you know, uh, bring our audience up to speed uh, a little bit about your journey and what led you to be now the CEO of such a such an amazingly 
successful and large company. Yeah. Uh, so uh, if you, uh, uh, you know, reflecting about myself, right, I, I think I always was an engineer with uh, ants and pants, uh, right? Mm. Kind of, uh, you know, uh, I really love technology, but also working for kind of big enterprise, right? And having that kind of career was uh, yeah. uh, never uh, quite uh, for me. So uh, I had my uh, first uh, startup uh, in uh, Russia when I was in uh, in college. Uh-huh. All right. Uh, uh, learned a lot, right? But uh, after uh, what was uh, 2001 uh, dot-com crash worldwide, right? right? Yeah. So yeah. I uh, left it and end up working for early stage technology company called uh, MySQL AB. Right, the company beyond uh, MySQL, uh, where I uh, spend uh, uh, about four years, uh, uh, learned a lot, and also I observed this very interesting transition from this company, from being like very romantic, changeable sort of open source uh, company to more of a uh, VC funded. Uh, uh, a company where say uh, their focus is at having their successful exit, uh, you know, first and foremost, right, and having their customers and uh, staff members, right, as a distant uh, uh, second. So uh, that caused me to leave and uh, start uh, Percona, which. Uh, I've uh, done what is now going on on 16 years, uh, mm. 16 years ago. Yeah. Right. And probably from that, I don't know, let's say maybe PTSD experience, right? Uh, uh, with uh, what happens to the company, then it kind of raises capital. We've been operating as a uh, bootstrap company for all those uh, uh, 16 years, uh, right? And uh, and I still believe what the uh, best money is your, uh, is your customer's money, <laughs> right? Best money is your customer's money. So, so talk to that if you would, I mean, there's so many, so many CEOs and companies out there who, who are, who are in a hurry to go and, and run out and get VC funding, like kind of walk through, I guess, a little bit of that, your, your thought process and, and, and how you did it, if you would, I mean, cause we're so, I mean, everybody's, I want to go get, uh, investors and funders and VC money, like walk us through a little bit of what you were thinking and what you did. Yes. Well, uh, first I want to mention is what uh, I am not a zealot, right? Besides Pircona, I have uh, co-founded or invested in uh, other companies. Uh, uh, you know, some of them did raise, uh, uh, raise uh, capital. Sure. Right? But I think it is uh, important here to see what is... Uh, 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 your vision, uh, what are you uh, looking for, how you would grow about uh, uh, the market. Uh, the thing with Percona is when we started, we started a company as a service company, right? And service business generally does not need a lot of capital to get started. Right. And frankly, uh, I never expected Percona to grow as big and as successful as it was, mm. uh, or as it became. Uh, right. Uh, my idea was actually saying, hey, you know what? I will run this sort of uh, service business, right? Do consulting maybe for a couple of years and then I go and yeah. uh, and do something else, right? And then, well, uh, it, it grew, right? And then, you know, you develop uh, responsibilities, 
to your customers, to sure, your colleagues, sure. uh, uh, right? And as you start getting in that stuff, right? Well, yeah. so 16 years later, uh, basically, right? And we are still, uh, yeah, uh, still uh, in this business. The business though changed, right? I think it's kind of interesting with uh, consulting and professional services, as it is easy to get started, right? You know, I think like uh, if you have a technical skills, everybody can start with, you know, basically zero capital, right? It is actually very painful uh, to grow, right? Scaling consulting is hard because I think very people who maybe kind of say maybe as you, right, mm -hmm. which are have a good technical skills, they're good in front of the customers, right? They can really get them excited and sign up for more of your consulting services. Well, guess what? Many of those people, they don't like taking orders, right? And they, uh, sure. many of them, especially now, right, uh, uh, right to work as independent consultant rather than to work for you, right? right. That makes it uh, hard, right? And also, uh, uh the, the challenge of consulting is kind of comes in waves, right? Like uh, if you uh, have uh, the projects uh, with changes of economy, changes of, you know, like a seasons, sometimes you have a lot of work to do, right? Sometimes, uh, 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 sometimes you don't, uh, right? And yeah, uh, uh, yeah so with Percona, after a few years, we learned what, well, uh, while that is a uh, good business, it's also hard business. And we transitioned more to, business focus on recurring uh recurring revenue recurring revenue right which is you know one of the things that that we we talk about a ton on this show is that uh you know for every dollar that you have non-recurring revenue but when it comes to enterprise value it's almost worth twice as much when you when you have recurring revenue now was that one of the main reasons that you did that for the actual enterprise value or just for ease of not having to resell the same services again well, uh, there is a multiple reasons uh, uh, for that, uh, uh, right? Uh, a lot of uh, uh, us also have a company uh, operate. So uh, uh, one of the, uh, and probably not one of the, but their most important uh, folks at Percona is really take care of the customers, right? Uh, I believe while there are some businesses, right, where you can build a lot of money for yourself, right, by... Right scamming your customers right and not everybody's scamming gets caught right yeah. that is not really the business i wanted to to be in right i want to take an opposite direction and say hey we really focus on the providing value to the customers and believe that if you do that then sooner or later that will be a successful uh, uh, business it may take mm -hmm. a time but you know what the universe will kind of give back to you give back to you if you are Good customers. So that it was uh, how we approach our growth. We started yeah. consulting, but then we figured out, well, you know what? Really, to solve the customers' problems, you cannot just do consulting. In many cases, you need also to create a software, right? And to fund that uh, is very hard to do it just through consulting uh, revenue alone, because typically that is a lower margin. That is not. Uh, uh, the, you know, not predictable as much, right? So uh, we gradually uh, transi transition to uh, uh, support and manage its services uh, as a as a business model, mm. uh, right? And uh, uh, of course, where uh, what that revenue is uh, also valued with a better multiple, uh, that, that was a great addition, but that was not the main driver. Right, right. 
Yeah. You know, when we talked before you, you were talked about, you know, some of the key things that you feel like were, were led to your success. I'd love to take a few minutes and kind of dive into some of those. I know one of those you said was, was your culture, right? You had said for, from the, from the beginning, you had really focused on developing a, a culture that, that you envisioned in the company. If you could uh, tell us more about that. Uh, yes, uh, uh, absolutely. Well, I think uh, the culture is uh, very uh, important, right? And I think that's in particularly applies to the uh, company uh, like Percona, uh, right? Because if you think uh, uh, about uh, uh, what we've been doing, we have not had uh, a lot of uh, a lot of capital. Often, uh, mm. uh, the job that we offer would be, uh, you know, pretty hard. And right. we cannot compete if, you know, some of those, uh, uh, you know, salary-wise, right, with sure. uh, uh, venture-funded startups, right, and right. Uh, so on and so forth, right? And that means it's uh, very uh, important uh, to have a culture and have uh, a mission. So there is more to work in uh, uh, at your company than, uh, you know, just... Uh, getting the best, uh, you know, compensation right. ever, right? Like <clears throat> mercenary yep. mindset, if you will. Uh, and uh, for Percona, there have been a few things. One is that really desire to put in the customer first, right? That has been very um, uh, important for, uh, for us. The second, which connects very much to that, this is the notion of open source, the open source software, right? And if you look at a true open source FS, it's uh, about kind of giving back, about you know really mm. contributing to yeah. the world, not just saying well, uh, 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 making uh, 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 making money, right? Uh, and uh, the other uh, interesting aspect of uh, Percona also is what we uh, started as a remote first, a remote only company, well before uh, pandemic. Right, right. Uh, that was you know pretty much from day one. Well, so from fact, day one you were pretty much remote. Well, yes, me and my co-founder, uh -huh. we uh, well uh, lived in different places, right? Yeah. And we started a company. Yeah. I was based in London, and he was based in uh, in Ukraine, right? Yeah. And I think the first person we hired was either in Lithuania or Poland, right? So right, it was right. kind of uh, distributed from uh, yeah. from the day one. Right. And I think that also was very uh, important because we uh, provided opportunity for talented people to really go and uh, uh, make a difference, no matter where uh, they're allocated, right? Or, Do you think you were able to attract people that you wouldn't otherwise been able to get because you are offering remote? In a time oh, when absolutely. Most people were not. Yeah, absolutely. You were. Okay. Uh, at that point, uh, yes, right? You would see with many countries that is like a very cool thing what Percona would offer saying, hey, we have a lot of the customers which are like kind of who is who of an yeah, sure. internet startup yeah. for a uh, 4500 company. And you may be, you know, somebody based in, uh, uh, you know, some, uh, you know, faraway place, right? And if you work at Percona, you get opportunity to work with those environments, which often you would never have uh, if you just would take a job with your local company. Yeah. You know, it's, it's I mean, I'll, I'll, 
globally, businesses are, are going more and more, leaning more and more towards remote just because, you know, hey, they, they were forced to. And then they get there and they realize, oh, you know what? This isn't so bad. But but I'm interested to know. I mean, you're you're like the you're the old school. You're the old G doing this. So, you know, the, the two areas where, where most business owners um, are struggling in uh, going remote is the two areas. One is accountability and, and making sure that things are getting done. And then the other is keeping the, the team together and that morale. Could, could you dive in and talk about, I mean, you, you guys have no doubt perfected this. Uh, what, what could you share with other CEOs who are looking to go more remote? Yes, uh, absolutely. Well, so before we just get to that, I wanted to mention uh, something about remote companies, right? Yeah. Because I think there are, we often kind of get it all together as a call company, well, remote, but actually there is a lot of reason, uh, differences, right? One of them would be saying, hey, we all live in, I don't know, let's say uh, Los Angeles area, sure. right? And we yeah, just yeah. Uh, work from home. It's kind <laughs> yeah. of same time zone, same language, right. same culture, right. right? The other approach and what's kind of per corner takes it to the next level. We are geographically distributed. That is about 50 countries. You're in all kinds of different time zones. How many time zones? And our teams are often uh, uh, mixed, we don't, we don't structure it as obviously the team doing graphic design and we're all based in uh, in this location, right? And that creates that uh, interesting combination from one standpoint, you get that fantastic diversity you know, of, their, uh, of a mindset, right? Because I think while we often talk about diversity in American sense, right? right it's right. often... Well, you know what? They still have a very much American mindset. They're still Americans, right, right. Yeah, and you know, there is a lot more difference in the mindset, like if you, forgive me saying, between somebody, you know, let's say in Philippines, right, yeah. and American, then with uh, yeah. Americans of different uh, different races, right? Well, and you're throwing in a whole other variable that we haven't even, you know, talked about, and you know, I'm sure you're going to get to, is is languages, a language barrier. I mean, you have whatever, 30 or 50 countries. I, I can't even... I mean, I don't even know where to begin on asking you how you <laughs> yeah. deal with that. So uh, that's right. So in our case, uh, uh, we obviously have uh, everybody speaks English uh, uh, in, a, okay. in in company, right? That is kind of one of the requirements uh, to uh, to get a job, to have a decent uh, English language, right? We, we train up some people, but if you don't uh, get a world of English, frankly, you would not get a job because we okay, frankly, so, don't even have a way so to interview. Okay, so it's not like you have like um, a certain design team or people in, in Lithuania or somewhere that can that don't speak English. I mean, everybody has to speak English. I guess that would be a, like, yeah, that would make sense. But uh, yeah, okay. Awesome. Yeah, so that is, uh, that is one thing, right? The next thing that you said about uh, the people who are, uh, let's say, accountability, right? And I think that is maybe one of, I think, is a problem with some of the companies which are forced to transition to remote during right. the, uh, the COVID because... Uh, remote uh, work, I think it uh, requires a special kind of people, right, to be uh, to be successful, right? You have uh, people who it. have uh, self-discipline and what we call, like, a, you have to be manager of one, mm. right? Because you know what? You're not going to be sitting in that open floor office, yeah. right? If somebody walking by and if you choose to, you know, watch cat videos instead, you actually cannot <laughs> do that because, you know what, somebody will say, like, uh, somebody's some, over your back. Yeah, yeah. Somebody is over your back, right? Nobody yeah. is watching you if yeah. you uh, if you are working in that uh, requirement, right? And you need to have that self discipline, sure, right? I think that is a one of the 
Kiev. And that is one of the reasons I think like some people did not uh, uh, work out. For us, that also means what often we hire people uh, who has been in a career for a little bit of time. Because I think if somebody is, let's say, stra uh, straight out of a college, often they want that kind of an office party, right? Hey, I'm just out there in the world, right? I want to hang out with people, find my next girlfriend, right? We kind of go drinking <laughs> together, right? Yeah, wherever. Yeah. Well, that's yeah. maybe hard in remote work. Some people, okay. I think, especially like software engineers, maybe kind of introverts, we don't need yeah. that. Yeah. But others, I think, are better suited for remote work when they have that social environment about them established. You yeah. know, so they're maybe. a little bit more mature. They maybe they're already right. married, they have children, or you know, settled in a little bit, something. Yes, yeah. And I think that is for us what we find and the best part and for what's like like say remote work is somebody say, hey, I am married, I'm well settled in the community, right? I like to live on the farm in the middle of nowhere, right? You know, play with my horses in the afternoon. Yeah, yeah. Right? That gets kind of, uh, you know, fantastic because those people, right, remote work is exactly what absolutely fits best yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, for them. So that is, I think, uh, would be the second thing I uh, mentioned. And uh, the other... Um, is this like communication you, you, you mentioned? Sure. Uh, if you are working in remote environment, especially distributed as ourselves, it's uh, asynchronous distributed communication, what you need to uh, uh, get, uh, get on and be good at, mm. right? Because saying, hey, you know what? I always, the only way we cooperate is we can get all that meeting together. That becomes very hard and expensive, right? Getting people through time zone, it's going to be three o'clock at night for somebody. If you get a lot of those meetings, it becomes uh, it becomes hard. Yeah, I got you. So, so you're asynchronous. Just for for benefits, everybody, it's 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 like a real time thing. It's like Slack, basically, is kind of what you're saying. Like no, that, no, that type Sla of well, Slack is actually what it's called. Like it's synchronous, right? That means I type, you respond to me. Asynchronous, that means is, let's say, well, let's say I have put my thoughts in a document, right? And you can reflect on that and comment on that in your own convenience, right? So email, right, is asynchronous. Slack is uh, much, more, yeah, kind yeah. Of, uh, my, okay. much more synchronous, right? So Slack is the use that too, right, of course. But again, Slack requires two people coordinating yeah. in that time zone and if somebody is in california and somebody is in india well guess what we only have yeah. those kind of couple of hours when it's convenient for both of them to do that slack and thing so you want that and it's very important but mm. if you only rely on people cooperating in a synchronous way you have only that kind of two hours wow of the overlap right yeah so so do you i mean do you have like an internal uh, communication structure, messaging structure that's like separate from email? Is that this? Well, we have an email. We use Slack. We use uh, yeah. Confluence as well, yeah. right? For people to uh, to do that stuff. And there are also in engineering some sort of uh, also kind of uh, engineering specific approaches. Like, hey, yeah. you know what? You have a code, yeah. uh, right? Which you, yeah. I don't know, let's say, you know, send a merge request and somebody reviews that yeah. and, yeah. See, I'm learning all the time. I love this asynchronous singers. Ah. Um, so how about like, um, how do you manage with so many people in so diverse ethnicities and locations and all that? How do you manage the, the team collectiveness and, and kind of the, the bond and the relationship between 
between people? How, how do you foster that? Well, uh, one thing in, which is uh, even kind of surprise uh, for me because I've been like, working remote for i don't know like probably 20 years now yeah. so i don't remember uh, what it is uh, i was but some people come and uh they said what uh, at percona uh, you know somehow they find what they build maybe kind of better relationship with a staffy work uh, right when they had an office despite what that's remote and that often comes as a complete surprise for them because mm. i think everybody is uh, so focused on uh, building uh, those kind of uh, uh, th- those kind of relationship, right? Mm. And we have um, uh, you know foster number of uh, things for that, both online and offline. Sure, right? Like yeah. online, for example, we have uh, things like culture spotlight, where people uh, would present their own co- uh, countries, right? And they would, oh, you cool. know talk maybe about cuisine history but also some you know weird stuff right which yeah. uh, you know like uh, make so you it, guys are having fun life. with it that's right yeah yeah uh keep uh, uh fun with that right yeah uh, we also have like uh the, you know some funny tradition which created like on on friday afternoons we have some of our uh senior executives would be uh-huh. kind of uh uh you know give each other kind of like a, some hard time you know, this oh, okay. kind of like a friendly, ba- uh, friendly, uh, friendly banter, right? Which I know a lot of uh, people would watch, uh, right? And I think that's also kind of uh, highlights the culture. We want to be kind of light and fun. Everybody is uh, reachable. Avoid that kind of idea of, well, stuffed up uh, unreachable executives, which yeah. I think is actually, I advise would be hard in remote culture, right? Because when I'm hiring somebody, you know, in... Uh, 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 in India, right, for example, and then he knows, oh my gosh, there is this, you know, CEO or EVP of sales from America, yeah. right? Well, yeah. can I actually reach out to them with my ideas, thoughts, or maybe, you know, some problems I observed, sure, right? Well, sure. we want to make sure to project everybody as reachable people too. Yes, yeah. they're in their career, yeah. high role, but in the end, hey, you know what? You can reach out to them. Yeah. Your ideas are valuable too. And I think that is a very important, this kind of, I forgot the world, right? Like, uh, yeah, I mean, quality, it's, right? Uh, yeah, and I love what you, what you said about, um, you know, people sharing their, their culture, where they come from and, and, and a lot about their country, maybe fun stuff, because that, it's, it's a lot easier for people to understand, you know, their teammates and, and how they converse and why they might do or say the things that they do when they know a little bit more about their background. Yeah, oh, uh, absolutely. One thing I would say uh, also, I recommend to mm, a lot of folks uh, joining uh, the book, uh, which is called Culture Map. Culture uh, Map, okay, yeah. awesome. Uh, it's a very uh, interesting book, which actually talks about the differences uh, between, the, between the cultures, well, at least in the, uh, in the average, right? And I think it's kind of good for people to, uh, to recognize, right? For a country you're coming from, hey, what not everybody will be thinking like, mm. uh, you know, person from uh, this country, there are, yeah. you know, uh, uh, really, uh, really differences which cool. yeah. uh, you need to recognize and respect, right? And again, like not everybody is fit for that. You know, some people, like I know they had a lot of struggle and maybe not successful a long time for corner because they would say, well, you know what? I only work to 
work with Americans, for example, right? Or yeah. I don't know, let's say that can be Russians, right? Or yeah. Filipinos, Indians, doesn't matter because I get those people, I get the culture, right? I kind of know how to be, behave, right? And when I don't, when you have like this extreme diversity, right? Well, it's exciting, but that can be overwhelming some people. And they may yeah. just, no, I don't want that. Well, that's yeah, yeah. cool, right? We don't need everybody on the planet to be a great fit for Pircon or just small fraction. Yeah, totally. And uh, so I, I actually haven't read this book either. I've, I've never run an international global organization, but uh, it looks looks amazing. It's called The Culture Map, Breaking Through the Invisible Boundaries of Global Business. And Peter, that sounds like an amazing reference. It's by Aaron Meyer. For anybody, if they are global, it sounds like a, a must read to me. So that's a, that's a great recommendation, man. Yeah. And I like also about this book is what it gets, uh, gives a lot of hard time to, uh, 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 to Russians, right? And I come uh, uh, from Russia, right? And while I spend a uh -huh. lot of time in the US, right? I think yeah. you still get some of those, uh, uh, you know, maybe uh, Russian habits uh, yeah. in me, right? And sometimes they tell me, well, you know what, read the book recognize yeah. i'm not asshole i'm just russian sometimes yeah especially yeah. <laughs> under the stress yeah. right yeah yeah totally totally awesome well so yeah so so we we spent a lot of time on culture man there's a lot of great stuff there what were some of the other you know if we kind of dive into the top you know three things besides culture that have led you to your success what, what would you say those are well, uh, uh, as I uh, mentioned, I think uh, with, uh, with uh, besides culture, that uh, uh, was an extreme uh, uh, customer focus, right? Yeah. And I think okay. a lot of that uh, has been also playing over a long time. Again, what mm. happens is as a, as a bootstrap company, you don't have a lot of budget for many things, including marketing. Sure. So that is very uh, fantastic when uh, your customers... Uh, refer you to other customers, right. right? And that is kind of like a fantastic snowball, sure. which grows and grows over time. Uh, uh, now, are you right. are you going out and intentionally asking customers, or this is just? Do you have like a system in place for that, or is this just uh, organic referrals? No, I mean uh, uh, mainly it is uh, it is organic uh, uh, referrals, right? Awesome. And uh, a lot of that, I think it's actually mm, uh, good, right? Because I think uh, uh, if you have a people refer to you just because they feel they're doing it good, right? For their friends, colleagues, it's much better than it's, uh, they feel like, well, you know what? I have my, I don't know, say sales contact yeah. pestering me saying, you know, can you please refer me to somebody, right? Then yeah. that yeah. becomes yeah. less authentic. Sure, mm, sure. If you will. Uh, so uh, another focus, what we have always uh, uh, been focused on is really uh, investing in uh, community as mm. per, and especially in education, mm. right? Uh, Pircona actually started uh, as, uh, the Pircona website started as a website called My School Performance Blog, right? Actually, for years, I only had this like a little link saying we do My School Consulting, right. Uh, right? Where we go over business. We didn't even have a corporate uh, uh, website. And now that's kind of ubiquitous. We all get the content marketing and so on and so forth. But we were doing that before uh, that was uh, as popular as it is today. And that was uh, uh, very successful. And also what we did is producing their uh, authentic, high-quality content. And that is what we continue to uh, continue to do now because if you look at, uh, especially right now, right, there is some content which is created, well, essentially, you know, just to, to either 
be you know driving traffic from search engines right or getting you a clickbait right and as you read that stuff you see well you know what somebody who wrote it probably knows nothing about you know just you know pulled bits and pieces from various yeah. other sources right well we don't do that right we wanted to make sure we have a you know, high quality content and that feels uh you know gets a lot of uh, uh followers and referrals from non-customers Many people would refer us to, to people who would think we would need to become our commercial customers because they have no Pircona as a thought leader. They say, mm -hmm. hey, you know what? I read this stuff by those people. Mm -hmm. It's awesome. Hire them. You can't, can't go wrong, right? And you also you see besides articles, right? There's like, yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, a book so, I have to co-offer, right? You know, conferences I speak at and so on and so forth. Awesome. So you get out quite a bit and, and uh, a lot of involvement in the community and, and uh, active engagement. Uh, yes, absolutely. absolutely. That is a very, okay. uh, a very big part of what we do. Awesome. Awesome. I know we had talked before too about uh, your leadership team as, as kind of being uh, one of the core pillars and reasons for, for your success. Mm -hmm. um, I'd, I'd love to dive into that a little bit more because I think, you know, as we start creating as we create transferable value and enterprise value, one of the most important things, as we've talked about before, is, is the CEO has the ability to go away. And I think you said you've actually done this. You had the ability to go away for three months. You come back and have the business run as good, if not better, than when you left. So to, to, let's talk a little bit more about your leadership team and what you've specifically done to develop that. Yeah, oh, uh, absolutely. Well, and uh, before we get to that, I think this is, uh, was an interesting realization for me. Uh, for years, right? Yeah. Uh, I have uh, always find myself as, uh, well, relatively weird engineers, right? Well, a lot of engineers are weird all in different ways, right? <laughs> and then, uh, uh, And then as I looked at some of those, you know, like a CEOs, you yeah. look at TV, right? And you say, well, you know, I'm a CEO, but I'm not that, right? I'm mm. not quite seeing yourself as those kind of a very polished media right. uh, appearing on a CEO, yeah. right? And then, it took me a while to recognize there is like, well, many paths to, uh, to success, right? And you need to understand who you are, what mm. is your path, Love right? That. And as one of my coaches say, well, you need to make sure uh, hire your weakness and also have uh, yes. uh, yourself in a position where you can uh, use your uh, superpowers. Majority mm. of your time and energy should be spent in the area right where you uh, providing uh, uh, maximum value, right? And that is what I told, uh, uh, what I took to heart. So while I am a CEO, probably my uh, day, right, yeah. and what I do may not be kind of hundred percent match to what you know more conventional CEO yeah. would do, yeah, right? Yeah. Right. I, I'm, I think, still uh, very much leading our, uh, you know, culture, vision, and so on and so forth. But for many uh, areas, I was uh, really focused on hiring the great experts and mm. letting them to do, uh, you know, what they do. Uh, uh, yeah, I, I, kudos to your coach. I mean, there, there's so so many CEOs and so many business owners out there that number one, they think they need to be all things to all people. Right. And they have this weakness. And so they think they need to 
figure it out and dive in and spend all this time. And so, wow, that's amazing that you've been able to, you know, break through that. In fact, there's a book, Who Not How by Dan Sullivan. I'm going to assume, have you read that? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, uh, absolutely, yeah. Yeah. So, so it's exactly what that ties into. Um, so, so talk a little bit more. So, so you, you, you identify the areas that you know, your weakness and holding back the business and the company. Mm-hmm. And then on one hand, you're like, yeah, I could dive in and try to force myself to learn it. But you recognize early on that if I find the right person, then, then it's better for the company. Well, uh, that's right. And I think another thing in this case is also growth, right? Because um, of a company. Because mm. if you think as an entrepreneur CEO starting from a very small company, yeah. you start from a position, you actually do everything, yeah. sort of, right? Uh, yeah. you, and yeah, that absolutely. means well, you are the best person in the company to do absolutely everything, right? And then you have to get to maybe hiring people which you'll tell how to do the stuff, right? And in the end, your imp- involvement has to be sort of like more and more high level. Right. Mm. Then you have to uh, hire people and say, well, you know what? You are now the experts. Uh, you know yeah. better than me how to run marketing or sales right. like right. or engineering. And I think that is an, uh, uh, not an easy transition, no. especially I think that's a very um, uh, hard transition for me because I tend to be strong headed. Right. I have a very right you know, opinion about how to do uh, uh-huh. Uh, to do something, uh-huh. right? And uh, it took me a while like to learn. Yeah, uh, uh, to learn. Well, you know what, Peter? If other people do it in a way you actually maybe hate, uh-huh. it's actually turned out okay. Actually, customers yeah. may love it. Wow. They may kind of love it more than uh, than your way, right? And I think that's kind of a letting go is a very mm. <laughs> important skill to acquire as your company. Uh, uh, as a company go, grows, right? Because while you may be successful as a control freak with a mm. team of 10 people, right. you're not going to be successful as a counteractive team of, uh, you know- No, you're just going to stress people. yourself out, stress them out. Yeah. Yeah. So that uh, that has been a very important uh, thing uh, for uh, uh, myself to uh, to recognize that. Another core part of our management team is what I brought uh, in- uh, uh, we, we have a title as a uh, as a uh, president, uh, right. right? To really uh, help with uh, execution stuff, right? Because uh, uh, I yeah. am more idea guy than right. kind of keeping train on time, sure. right? And kind of sure. see the projects with uh, fruition. And yeah. the larger company becomes, the more time and effort it takes to bringing everybody on the same page, right? And execute right. a project to completion. And you know what? Right. Frankly, I couldn't uh, do a distance, right? At least couldn't do it, do it yeah. well. So that is, yeah. was very important support for, uh, for me. It, yeah, it's not your superpower. You identified yeah, so, that. Yeah, thank and... you, Ann, for everything you're doing. It's great to have you here. Yeah, right, yeah. No, it's... Uh, um, I think it's so awesome that you've been able to recognize that. And there's so many people that get in their own way. There's so many other CEOs that get in their own way and they, they, their growth gets stunted because of it, because they have, they think that things have to be done their way. And, um, and so if I'm hearing you correctly, it sounds like what you're saying is you've actually found that when you let go and let your own people carry out, even though it's different than what you had done it and you had success, you let them carry it out their own way and you're getting even better results because of it. 
Yes. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Fantastic. Um, so awesome, man. So, um, any other specific areas, you know, we, we've, we've already dug into so much. We've talked about our leadership team. We talked about, you know, being able to let go and, and how to foster the culture in your company. Any other significant nuggets that have led you to your success? Some key things that you could share with any other entrepreneurs? Yeah, well, uh, I will maybe kind of get back on this uh, remote work. Uh, yeah. Okay. In uh, uh, this case, um, a, a little bit, right? Or maybe kind of go back to a culture because, well, that's uh, I think so so uh, important piece. One thing I didn't mention is also uh, meeting face to face, right? I just mm. want to li- don't want to leave the impression saying, hey, you know, it's all remote. We don't fit to face. We find is what we are certain kind of bonds. We just don't form. If the only thing you know is like a voice and a picture uh, on uh, on the screen, right, right, uh, right, uh, right. and so uh, person. yes, you need to make sure that people meet uh, every so often, right? And outside of pandemic, we will try to make sure that everybody in the company have you know at least a couple of meetings a year. There they can meet their colleagues, maybe other people in the company. Uh, we uh, do that. Some of those uh, things uh, are, uh, you know, it's like a form of work events. We yeah. also try to do some activities, right? With some people which are more of uh, fun, but which are corporate sponsored. Like we went, you know, I took a team of about like 20 people and we went and kind of hiked volcanoes in Ecuador. Which, oh, wow. Yeah. You know, that was, I know, for like for many great experience, right? And I think shared suffering is one of the best way to build the team. Shared right. suffering. Okay. Well, I yeah. mean, you can learn that, right? Yeah, from, absolutely. You know, it's very uh, true. U.S. military, right? I mean, yeah, military, absolutely. Right? How do you build a team? Make people suffer together. You, you right? look at like SEAL team, you know, SEAL teams to go through it. Oh, those guys, you, you bet they're buddies that, for life. Uh, that's right. Yeah. So that is, I think, is a very, uh, a th- very key component uh, also for uh, uh, yeah, bringing people together from the remote thing. And so we, uh, as you were saying that, something something kind of brought up. We were diving real quick into the leadership team. What do you do specifically to foster the the team itself to work, you know, well together? And, and to, to, you know, you hire your weaknesses. I get that. But, you know, sometimes teams, people have different personalities and, and, different so so what kind of things do you do to, to make that team as amazing as possible yes well uh in this case i may uh uh mention another book right which i absolutely love especially when it comes to this like a leadership team and uh that's uh, patrick lencioni's uh, five dysfunctions uh, oh, love it man yes yes uh, yeah so that's a kind of fa- uh, fantastic book and i think it uh, goes a lot about the uh, trust uh, and uh, vulnerability, mm. right? That is what we really uh, uh, work a lot in the uh, leadership team, right? To make sure we get, uh, we have people to uh, trust each other, to open up, uh, being able to, uh, you know, discuss things which are uh, uh, uncomfortable, mm. uh, right? And uh, uh, I also uh, especially believe on, in in this case, oh, on their uh, peer accountability, mm. right? Uh, so it's not just saying, well, you know, I have a boss, right? Sure, I'm yeah. doing that. But hey, I made a promise uh, to the team; they're counting on me 
right? Uh, well, I will deliver yeah. to them, right? And frankly, if uh, they don't see that being delivered, they can challenge you, right? right because right, I think when right. your peers uh, can ask you the questions, often that is kind of much, I don't know, let's say, uh, much better yeah. than yeah. Uh, then your boss kind of comes, right, right. Yeah. comes from totally. the top, right? <clears throat> Yeah. Right, and I just want to echo what you're saying for, for, for the listeners out there, it's Patrick Lencioni, the five dysfunctions of a team book. And, and there's, there's certified coaches. We do this with our clients as well. And, and uh, you know, read the book, if you haven't read the book and, and you have a company over, you know, a million or two, you, you need to read the book. It, it's pretty amazing. So I, I, I love to hear that. Um, awesome, Peter. Well, man, we, we've dove into so much. Uh, again, uh, this has just been so many amazing nuggets here. Uh, I always like to kind of get towards the end and, and, and ask this one question, uh, which puts you on spot a little bit, but if you could only give one piece of advice out of everything we've talked about, one piece of advice to the younger CEO version of yourself, what would that be, Peter? Oh, uh, yeah. So that is, um, <laughs> uh, the, yeah, uh, that is, uh, you know, Peaking is hard for me, right? If you ask me, hey, can you give 30 advice? It's like, well, yeah, yeah, no uh, problem. Uh, 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 that would be easy, <laughs> but just one uh, is um, is hard, right? Well, uh, I think uh, uh, I would uh, maybe go with a re recognition of change, mm. right? And, and I think what is uh, uh, interesting uh, uh, for me is what how approach you, you approach things today what the world is today you know yeah uh what you're passionate about today is going to change uh, over time uh, oh, uh over yeah. uh over years right yeah. and i think kind of uh recognizing that right and not being kind of so uh you know maybe set is you know that is how things are and they're no uh, never going to change uh, when it comes to yourself your business, your, wow. your personal life, I think is, uh, uh, is, uh, very, uh, very important. Love that. Yeah. Just, just being cognizant and, and almost like giving yourself the, the room and permission to change, uh, in the company as well. Things evolve, people change. Yeah. That's, it's very mature. Yeah. That's awesome advice. So awesome, Peter, thank you so much for being on the show. Um, if you would, you know, as we kind of wrap up, if you could share with people how, if there's any CEOs that, you know, maybe want to get a hold of you for further questions or potentially your company for your services, uh, you know, how, how could people do that? Yes, well, uh, absolutely. So uh, our website is uh, pircorner.com. Uh, my name is uh, Peter Zaitsev. You can find me on the Twitter, LinkedIn, uh, Instagram, wherever, or you can also yeah. email me at ceo at percon.com. Very cool. And uh, Peter, uh, all of your links will be attached to this with, with, uh, on the show on the website. So uh, awesome to have you on the show. Thanks again, Peter. And uh, thank you for listening to another episode of the Exitable Business Podcast. Please hit uh, like and subscribe, and we'll see you on the next episode. Patrick Rogers, thanks a lot. Thank you for listening to another episode of the Exitable Business Podcast with your host, Patrick Rogers. Make sure you subscribe so you don't miss any future episodes. In the meantime, check out our main website at exitable.io for much more valuable information and free resources on how you can exit your business quickly and for much more than you thought possible.